This is What's In with Olaplex. I'm your host, Danielle Frank. Together, we break down all things beauty, health, and wellness and discuss not just what's out, but also what's in. Welcome back, my friends. This episode is a little different because there are no guests today. It's just you and me having a heart-to-heart. It's a chance for us to have a more intimate chat, and I can't wait to dive into this topic. So during this season, I want to share something that's been on my mind. The power of gratitude and embracing opportunities, even with negativity or difficulty. We're going to explore how this shift in mindset has transformed my life. And I hope it sparks some inspiration in yours too. Just consider this a cozy chat during a season of reflection, gratitude, and personal growth. And if you want to stay on trend, follow us at What's In Podcast on social media and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. So let's dive into what's out because this has been on my mind a lot lately, especially this time of year as we're going into a season of gratitude, of course, which is so important, but also really recognizing that this has been a rough year. A lot of us have gone through a lot of difficulties and the world is uh, going through a certain time that maybe not every piece of content or news we're seeing is positive. So I really feel it's important for all of us to kind of regroup. And I want to talk to you about it because it is on top of mind. Like I actually was just talking to my boyfriend just recently that really for many years, I really allowed myself to be influenced by the opinions of others. So much so that the fear of failure and how I would be perceived really kept me from taking action in my life. And really, ultimately, I was controlled by the whims of others. So though I don't think I was completely aware of what I wanted to do with my life when I was younger, maybe in my teens and 20s, I don't even think in my 30s, when the opportunities did arrive, I was so limited by my belief in myself that I didn't even see them as opportunities when they arrived. However, there was a point that I kind of turned a corner. Um, I was a young mother and I was struggling to really keep afloat. We, I've been pretty transparent about it. I mean, we really were struggling through difficult times and I felt like every day was a new anxiety. Um, will we be evicted? Do we have enough food for the kids? Um, How are we going to afford to get by? And I think this is a feeling that a lot of people really understand. A lot of people are going through that right now. One of the things that I have noticed is that when we're feeling like we're in a negative space or we just have a lot of negative self-talk because unfortunately that is the next thing that you wind up taking on, especially when you're hearing all these things all over the place. You start to sit there and wonder, am I worthy? Am I good enough? Especially when there's a lot of competition out there and a lot of people that are really struggling to get their piece of the pie, so to speak. And so you're scrambling, but you're always thinking, I don't know if I'm enough. I don't know if I'm enough. So what happens is is that 
I want to say it's a running tape, but that seems like I'm definitely dating myself. Nowadays, it's like, you know, it's streaming in your brain. So it's streaming in your brain that I'm not good enough. I don't work hard enough. I am not able to accomplish these things, all of these negative things. And what happens is, even if the opportunities to grow are right there smack in front of your face, you're not going to see it. It's a very strange dynamic. When you are feeling as though your life has abundance, that you feel good about your life, that you're at peace with your life, that you're kind of changing the channel, I guess you would call it, of that live stream that's going on in your head, you are now creating a situation where when those opportunities are there, you're able to see it, identify it, and go for it because you're feeling great. You're feeling confident. That's where I really feel as though gratitude is such an important thing because in my life, it's the first thing I do in the morning. I take out my pad and my paper and I write my gratitudes. Now, I have heard people say, oh, that's so like cheesy, cornball, whatever. But the truth is, is that when you're surrounded by people talking about how many difficulties there are around you, that is the most ideal time for us to remind ourselves what we are grateful for. And when things were at my worst, and this is when I actually first started this ritual that I have. And I didn't write it down at first. I actually would walk my dog and I would be talking out loud. I'm sure my neighbors thought I was crazy, but I would walk my dog and I was feeling so low. I was feeling desperate. I was scared. I I didn't make enough money for my kids and I didn't know what was going to happen next. So I started a gratitude practice and I would say, I love my kids and I'm grateful for them. Didn't sound very convincing, but you said it anyways. And then you'd say, I'm grateful the sky is blue. You just made up stuff. You just made it up. And I did it every morning until one day I would say, I really am grateful for my kids. Okay. You know, and the sky is blue. The grass is green. I'm happy about that. But then it started being other things. I am really grateful that I have the opportunity to go for a walk in the morning and enjoy all of this like gorgeous sunrise and the gorgeous trees and this beautiful weather. I'm grateful that I have the capacity to get a job that's going to work for me. I'm grateful that I have my autonomy. All these things start to add up and you start to feel it more and more. I continue that on by writing. And again, some days I'm only writing three things. Other days I'm writing three pages. But the point is, is to pinpoint those things because it starts your day in a place where there's a positivity because whatever's going to hit you during that day, you at least have that, right? You have that. So the next thing on my list, so to speak, is really talking about how we're allowing other people to write that script in our head, to really define our self-worth. Again, we all have that rolling dialogue in our head. And the chances are you did not put it there. It has been placed there by others, sometimes very innocently. Other times, yeah, there are sometimes nefarious people that don't really do the right thing by people. But 
a lot of times it's about what we go through as children and it kind of carries on into our adulthood. For me, I can honestly say I was a very sensitive child, but I do think I was outgoing. And at one point or another, as I'm in school, and I remember this is the 70s, but I may or may not have had some teachers that had very clear, defined roles of what they thought girls and boys were supposed to be. The girls were helpers. They were not leaders. And that their helping, for the most part, was benefiting the boys. And again, I'm not saying that to commentary on anything other than that was the 70s. But as a girl, I think I wanted to lead. I wanted to have a voice. But we were to stay quiet for the most part. Um, our job was to learn how to serve how to be of service of others, which in many ways is fantastic in and by itself is not bad, but there was somewhat of an inequality in all that. So what was happening is that as I got older, I winded up being in a relationship where my job was to serve and it was not to give my opinions or to take leadership. And that was a very difficult time in my life because I was kind of indoctrinated into that way of thinking. I didn't know that it was supposed to be something different. So it felt unnatural as an autonomous human being, but I accepted it because that's what my belief system was. And then when I tried to speak out, when I tried to express myself with strong opinions or take leadership, that is when, you know, you start getting that, what are you doing? You know, why do you think you can do this? And you start to sit there and think, oh, you know, I'm supposed to be humble. I'm supposed to be quiet. I'm supposed to follow not lead. And you start to get that running dialogue. The funny thing is, is that even when you pass all that, and you overcome and you start to move forward. It is really remarkable how you can be in other scenarios, not in a relationship. It could be at work where suddenly you're in a conversation and you don't realize why you're feeling a certain way. And then you suddenly catch it. Oh, I'm sitting here thinking I'm not worthy. Or I'm sitting here thinking I'm not supposed to lead or I'm not supposed to have an opinion because of a certain dialogue. And again, a lot of times it's innocent, but you know, when you're taught to be obedient, good, of service, again, inherently it's not terrible, but in the same breath, it sends a certain message. And then when you try to explore a different side of you, automatically you start to take yourself down, forget about anybody else. So that is something that I feel like is completely out. We need to get rid of this from everybody. We need to sit with our thoughts sometimes and not just identify the negative dialogue that's coming out. We need to identify where it's coming from sometimes because we did not plant it there. Somebody else did, a different experience did. And it's not to sit there and go, this is their fault. No, it's to kind of acknowledge, okay, look, it's from there. And that's silly. I, I don't need to accept this in my life. 
And after doing this over and over again, uh, because I do write it out sometimes, I have to write it down because, you know, the brain goes fast, you forget what you were thinking before, and then you're not really looking at it. Then you can look at it later. But I think it's really important to identify those things so that way you can create almost like new neural pathways in your brain so that way you are now thinking in a different way that is a lot more conducive to a happier life and again, bring abundance into your life because you are now feeling more powerful. So I want to talk about also a trend that irks me just a tiny bit, like, because here's the thing. You hear about manifesting. I think it's awesome. I think it's great to sit there and think about what your dream life would be. The problem that I have with a lot of things that are out there, it's very deeply rooted in your thoughts, which again, mindset is important. That is a part of it. But when there's no accountability, no action that goes along with it, then it becomes just a dream and not a reality. I enjoy the concept of like dreaming and creating this wonderful life that we all want to have. The thing is, I love leading with purpose. I love leading with my passions. But if I am not taking steps every day and living as though I am that person that already has it, I'm not getting anywhere. If I'm acting like Danielle of yesterday, I'm never going to be the Danielle of tomorrow. With that being said, let's dive into what's in. And I want to touch a little bit on what I was saying earlier. And that is having that gratitude, not just for those high things in our lives, those fantastic things, you know, hey, you got a job or you got a promotion or, you know, you were able to achieve something that was on your bucket list, but also for those lows in life. I mean, practicing gratitude is more than just only looking at the bright side of life. Sometimes it's also looking at the really difficult and hard times and really identifying, why did I go through this? And what can I learn from it? And thank you. Thank you for that lesson. A rather somewhat morbid lesson that I had learned and I am forever grateful for is um, when my dad passed, Actually, even before he passed, they had to rush up to New York and they were going to take him off the machines. And I knew right then and there, I I was not going. And And it was very difficult for me to even see him in that state. And I have 10 brothers and sisters. We all loved my dad so much. And in that moment, the one thing that I learned was how important It was for us to extend grace to each one of us because we were going to say stupid ass things. We were going to say some really stupid things in our moment of grief and really try to be understanding of it. And it sounds like it like, oh, how is that a lesson? The truth is, is that I think that sometimes with our families, we're not always understanding. We're not always understanding. Sometimes we're very judgmental of each other. But in that moment, in that collective grief, it was like we made an agreement that we're going to give each other grace because we're all 
grieving. We're all going through the same experience and we were going to be kind. And whenever I think of my dad's passing, yes, I mean, it's it was devastating. But in a weird way, I actually feel as though it connected me and my siblings more than it ever did before. That was the thing that I can be grateful for of that really horrible low in my life. And that is really magical when you think about it. And gosh, my dad would have been so freaking proud. He would have loved it. So with that being said, even at something as devastating as that, you can find something to be grateful for. And let's be clear, this is not toxic positivity. Uh, I used to worry that I was toxic positive. I don't know if that's actual a term, but I used to like be worried because I'm pretty much naturally a happy person. But the truth is, is that like, no heck, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling that pain. And, and when things go wrong and I fail epically, I feel that sting hard. And that's good. You want to feel it because you shouldn't be tamping down any kind of emotion. But after that, it's okay to look back and reflect on it and find that lesson that you can be grateful for. Because I can almost guarantee it, there is one in there. There is one in there. And if I can take a negative situation and turn it into a positive for me, I'm going to do it. I want to talk about also something that's very much in is consistently building a trusting relationship with yourself. I think one of the reasons we lose trust in ourselves is because of failed promises. The truth is, is that we're given this snapshot that everybody can do the same thing. And it's not true. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to do the same thing as somebody that's 20. I'm 51. I don't have the physical capacity. So for me to have that expectation is unreasonable. And sometimes we're comparing ourselves to somebody's end game. We didn't see their journey. We're comparing ourselves to somebody's end game and thinking, why can't I do that? My best friend, who is my childhood best friend, she had um, a lot of struggles with fitness and a lot of struggles with her weight and a lot of medical issues as well when it came to her back, made it very difficult for her to move, but she knew she needed to make a change. And so what she would do, and she would of course call me, and talk to me the entire time. At first, she would go for a walk to the end of the block and back. But what she started doing, you know those squares that are in the sidewalk? So she would get to a square and then walk back. And then the next day, when she would go for her walk, she would walk to the following square and then walk back. The following day. The following day. It continued day after day. As long as she went one square further, she did more than the day before. And that was her philosophy. She got to three miles and she was so dang proud of herself. Like, think about it. Something as small as just taking that one extra, well, for her, she's petite, a couple of steps, a couple of steps on that one extra cement block. That's all she did day after day. That is something showing that you have tenacity, that you're always pushing yourself just a little bit. It doesn't have to be, I walked to the end of the block. Now I'm going to do a mile. 
It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You have to slowly build the trust. So I think it's really important to acknowledge that, you know, we break our trust with ourselves by A, comparing ourselves with people when we have no idea what it took them to get to that place. And if they're telling you, this was natural and I didn't have to work at it at all, it's a lie. It's a lie. They had to start someone. I'm sorry, everybody had to learn to crawl and then stand and then take their first steps and then run. No one skips steps. They learn somewhere. So be kind to yourself. So I really feel like this is something that everybody should be adopting into their lives. Actionable, easy, things that you can fit into your life so you can slowly build on that trust muscle that is inside of each one of us. Bottom line, you are the creator of your reality and likely far stronger than you think yourself to be. Believe in the magic you can create in your life and let go of the preconceived notions of the path or results because it may be greater than you can ever imagine. And the next time that you hit an obstacle or a moment of self-doubt, take a moment to find that attitude of gratitude and picture yourself taking that brave step forward and I'll take it along with you. I genuinely appreciate your continued support of the podcast. It's what keeps us going. Thanks for being here today. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy the show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm your host, Danielle Frank. What's in with Olaplex is produced in partnership with Olaplex and Frequency Media. Lizzie Stewart is our producer, Ina Garkusha is our supervising producer, and Michelle Quarry is our executive producer. These episodes are recorded by Dante Hodge and mixed by Matthew Ernest Filler and Claire Bidigari Curtis. Development and strategy by Jessica Olivier, Sara Naz Jababayi, and Sarah Adams. <laughs>